Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Winning Plays Podcast on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider for the NBA's winningest franchise. Winning Plays Podcast, back yet again, and we have a Game 7, boys and girls. The Celtics <laughs> will be heading back to Boston after pulling out a 95-86 win. <laughs> My name is Brian Robb. I'm in Philadelphia. I'm joined by Sweetie Tirada of MassLive.com, who is also in Philadelphia, fresh mm-hmm. off the Celtics Pulling out a win out of their pretty much out of their ass at this point. But this is uh we have a lot to get into here, Suichi. Uh a lot of storylines from this game. Um where but we have to start with Jason Tatum, obviously, coming off the top with uh sixteen points in the final four minutes of that mm-hmm. game to uh pretty much get to the Celtics to the finish line there. What uh what stood out to you most about his night and uh what what happened there down the stretch? Uh, up, I think we should mention that he did so humbly everything he did so humbly <laughs> yeah. today. Uh, I didn't realize this, Up, but on the way on the Uber back home, Jason, 16 points, as you said, he outscored the entire Sixers team 16-13 in that fourth mm. quarter. Like, that's insane to me. Like, especially with the way, you know, he was going. And some, it, there was, like, some stat, basically. I, um, I probably should have had it ready, but it was just, it was, like, the first Celtic ever to, like, score three or less points or something and so outscore the entire point in the fourth quarter. Uh, and so, one, I was, you know, I think I remember at, like, the five-minute mark, I was just taking notes, and I was like, like, you were there, like, Wells Fargo today was awesome. You know, the crowd was awesome. Uh, it was, like, this hostile atmosphere. Like, you could feel the tension in the air. It's, like, one of the, you know, one of the best things about playoff basketball. And I remember being like, who's going to step up at this point, right? Because, like, Marcus can only do so much. And I'm sure we'll talk about Marcus more. I thought he was the MVP tonight. He played awesome. But I was like, who, who's gonna, who's it gonna be today? And it was Jason Tatum, right? And I just think, you know, I think I tweeted like, I, I each one of those three pointers was just cold. It was just ice cold. Like he 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 stepped up in a way I don't think anybody uh, expected him to. He kind of saved his legacy, um, you know, not like long term legacy or anything. But I think he saved himself and the Celtics from just this like very negative narrative all season. Because if they had lost B Rob in the way. Jason played. Can you imagine the outside noise? We're not even talking just Jason. We're going to be talking about like we would be talking about Jalen all NBA. Is he going to be here in Boston long term? We're going to be talking about the core. We're going to be talking about Joe Mazzulla. We're going to be talking about can Jason Tatum be the number one often? Um, and all, all these things. But he he saved himself and the Celtics and in some way the fans from all of that. So it was just a performance for <laughs> the ages in the last four minutes. It was not the forty six point game from last year. Or however many it was, but I think uh, Celtics fans can appreciate that one. Yeah, there's no question. The 
the the toxic storylines would have been uh through the roof after <laughs> if if things did not uh if they did not write the ship midway through the fourth quarter there but um yeah it was i think to your point on smart i think that's that's the mvp of this game like mm-hmm. the, he kind of i i i mean we were talking about the way out of the arena i think i think that was probably his best playoff game ever i mean he's mm-hmm. sure he's had better box score lines in a playoff game but in terms of mm-hmm. what he did from a defensive impact perspective the big shots he made just making right decisions there were no shots where you're like no 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 marcus there was like none of that in this game this was he was the one who was kind of steadied the ship throughout he had a couple mm-hmm. you know iffy turnovers in the fourth quarter but that you know that's just th- those are going to happen but everything else he did in this game um and the Celtics needed all of it to kind of yeah survive this all and I think what also not just him but the entire starting five looked kind of rejuvenated with Rob Williams mm-hmm. back in the folder so that was the that was a big chess move there um clearly everyone was excited by it um mm-hmm. from talking about the game and I don't know if you <laughs> like do you think do you think just doing that is it like is just did that just give this team like a burst of energy just to have like Rob mm-hmm. which is kind of ridiculous but it, I guess that they love him that much that it, it could be the case. Yeah, and I thought, right, Rob also needed to step up today, and I thought he did so. And he was a clear game changer right from the beginning. Um, one one quick thing I want to add about Marcus is, like, I thought, because he hit Rob for, like, three or four lobs. You know, not all of them work. Uh, the one where he basically, like, he hit the rim on a lot, and we were like, oh, what, what was that, you know? So that was a little bit weird. But I thought that was like really important just to keep the 76ers on their toes. Like, Hey, like Rob can still go up and get it. And I thought that kind of changed things going from there. Um, in terms of Rob, like, like you said, be Rob, like everyone, you know, was super happy about it. I think that was like the big switch we saw. Um, and it was, you know, it felt a lot more calculated, uh, because it was the double big line compared to, Hey, stay throwing in Peyton Pritchard in game five and seeing what, what we got to work with here in the second half. Uh, so, I'll, you know, I thought it was twofold. Like, Rob needed to show up, but at the same time, like, you could tell, like you said, they were rejuvenated. And, you know, I was joking about it with whoever was sitting near me. Like, who would have thought the juggernaut, you know, double big lineup that worked so well last year uh, could work well again? And, and you know, it was a fair question, right? I think it was the same 76ers team, uh, I believe, right after the All-Star break in February. Like, they did, they kind of, like, neutralized that double big lineup. So going into the game, I was a little bit like, I was a little bit skeptical um, just because they had just hadn't played that much this season. It, it didn't, it wasn't necessarily the greatest uh, when it did play, but they stepped up. Um, I thought it kind of changed the, the intensity of the game, especially right. Uh, you know, holding a team to 86 points, that takes hard work. Uh, you know, they don't, I think I, I was shocked when I was writing, you know, kind of rewriting my games after the game, but Sixers only scored three points in the last 557 of the game after the maxi weird free throw stuff. And the lone field goal was, you know, in garbage time. Yeah, the fact that there was a garbage time in this game is also weird, B Rob. But um, if the Celtics can get this Rob game in and game out and have him be a contributor, I think, uh, you know, that's just another wrinkle, uh, one of the many multiple identities Joe Mazzulla said. So I thought, uh, but clearly the players loved it, and I think the fans can, uh, can love that a little bit more too, just because Rob is uh, adds such a different element to this group. Yeah, he finished 10, 10 points, nine rebounds, twenty eight minutes, team high plus eighteen. In those 28 minutes. Yeah, I honestly, like, I mean, I talked to Fryan before game six, um, and we both wanted them to lean into more offensive looks. Because you could go two mm-hmm. ways here, obviously. You go the defensive heavy, and that's you move Rob into the starting five. But to your point, mm-hmm. like, that wasn't a group that 
necessarily we hadn't seen them flash back to what they were last year during this regular season. So this was a, a game. But with that said, that was something where they pretty much hadn't tried it at all in this series. And so no, no doubt you're like, you're going to see what it looked like and making coming out of the gate with it, it make a strong case for that because, you know, PJ Tucker is going to be on the floor and that's where you can hide Rob. And there was a bit of a, a, a chess match, a cat and mouse game between Joe Missoula and Docker in the fourth quarter when Tucker came on and off the floor and, Rob pretty much followed him on and off there too, but mm-hmm. it's a situation where I just didn't know this team had this level of defense in it. And I, I, you yep. give, you give the defense a lot of credit. This is also a huge choke job by the Sixers. Let's so like, not like, <laughs> like they, they were in position to take this game. The Celtics were trying to give them this game mm-hmm. pretty much the entire second half before Tatum caught fire late <laughs> and they did not want it. Mm-hmm. And so where, how do you divvy that up? How much credit do you are you giving the Celtics here versus uh, James Harden kind of showing his true colors and <laughs> the Sixers supporting cast kind of falling on its face? Yeah, four for sixteen from Harden is uh, five turnovers. You know, nine assists, I guess. But yeah, I, I think you have to give the Celtics credit though in the sense of like, I thought it's important that they finish it off in the terms of like grinding them down right because the Sixers to be fair scored 30 points in the third quarter looked like they were rolling but I think the fact that they that they finish it off like that like sure you know like you said like the Sixers absolutely choked down that line but like realistically speaking like I personally thought that the fact that Jason Tatum was one for 14 which like let's be real like how many times is that going to happen in his career and it was still like they're still training buckets in the fourth quarter I thought if you're a Sixers fan, like you, you were just hoping that Jason didn't catch fire and he ended up doing so. So in terms of the of credit, though, I don't know, like maybe like 60-40. Like I thought the Celtics <laughs> played pretty well, but Sounds at the same right. time, like, you know, the Sixers did, did you know, kind of shoot themselves in the foot a few times. But we'll, uh, we'll see if that continues. I think uh, it kind of felt like a desperation move, right, D-Rob? Like you're facing an elimination game on the road, hostile environment. You played so horribly in game five, but it worked. And uh I think uh, you, you have to, you know, as much as as much criticism as Joe gets, you you have to you have to give him his credit here because he did push the right buttons. Well, I think what ultimately the move did more than anything else was like it allowed Al Horford to be a lot more aggressive defensively with him. And I think from a strategic defense standpoint, like who are you more worried about going into this game, Embiid or Harden? Mm-hmm. And I think the Celtics probably made the wise choice here that like at home into like who you more scared of you're more scared of Embiid right now like Harden's had big games in the series but he's also had absolute (laughs) clunkers and they didn't and they locked in well on on Harden this game but um by Al really knowing that Rob was back there and ready to help when you know on those drives to the rim (laughs) I think that made it that led to a lot of steals that led to a lot of you know good contests there Embiid never really got a great rhythm in this game, never got to the free throw line a ton in this game. Mm-hmm. And it was an efficient night for him, 26 points, 10 rebounds, 9 of 19 shooting, but ultimately, like, and never felt like he took over the game at any point there. And so that um, really opened the door for the fact that the Sixers supporting cast were going to have to get them there, and they just, they they weren't up to the task. Yeah, and, and I think it's important not to lose the sight of the fact that the Sixers missed a lot of open shots, and they only shot 23.5% from three. Red Celtics finished 42.9. Actually, 
the, the, the one thing I do want to say, B Rob, uh, I don't have like, the, the exact the most efficient numbers, but they started some, the Celtics started something like nine for 12 and three, right? And I yeah. believe they were like 11 for 29 at one point. So they went like they had a pretty a, long stretch there. It was rough. Like two for 19. Yeah. So that was like, ooh, I don't know about this. Obviously, there was those percentage points as one up on uh, once Jason started hitting some. He did finish four for 11 for three. Um, but I just thought like defensively, we have heard this over and over, and I think it was more last year, right? Like, just the comfort the guys on the perimeter are getting when they know Rob is, like, roaming back there, and he's, like, the second line of defense, right? And, you know, that's kind of a double-edged sword, right, throughout the regular season. We talked about it. It's like, you know Rob is back there, so maybe you're not playing as hard because, you know, Rob will clean up some of those mistakes. But, like, when you can play aggressively, like like you mentioned, like, with Al on Embiid and, and other guys too, right? Um, We saw right off the gate, like, there were a few times, I think it was, like, Maxi or someone – he was right near the rim um, trying to attack, but then they saw Rob. Like, Rob just has that presence. So I think it's just one of those factors where maybe subconsciously it, it, you do, it does affect how you play on the perimeter. And, and we saw that get gashed a little bit in game five. So I think uh, all good things. Um, I don't know how the 76ers adjust from here, but uh, if you're a Celtics fan, obviously you're feeling pretty good going into game seven, much like last year against Milwaukee. Yeah, I mean, when you when you survive a five for 21 night for Tatum, um Mm-hmm. and you're going back to your home court, you're obviously feeling good. Al Horford, obviously, he had a great defense night, but only one of five. You got nothing from him offensively mm-hmm. as well. You got great nights from Marcus. You got a great night from Malcolm Brogdon. Mm-hmm. Um, the four turnovers, I mean, everyone, turnovers were a huge problem all night, but he hit his threes early. Derek White hit his threes early. Like, those guards really, mm-hmm. you know, built that lead and got them, you know, and did a pretty good defensive job on Harden. And even Maxi, Maxi had a pretty good night overall, but you know he never got fully cut mm-hmm. loose. But you're right. Like, what what do you do if you're Doc Rivers right now? Going back here, you that he played, you know, nine guys off the bench, real minutes. McDaniel's mm-hmm. is still not playing. Daniel House, you know, you he just didn't you didn't get the the huge big night from a random guy on the bench this time. And I think <laughs> expecting that in Game Seven, it's just like it's. Mm-hmm it's you're on thin ice if you're if you're the Sixers here. Yeah, I mean, for example, like Melton went over five, over four and three. Remember how he lit up game yep. one in the first half? And we were like, oh, okay, this is a I think that was right when you were like, oh, this might be a much longer series if they're gonna keep shooting like that. And I don't know, B Rob, I, I like the obviously the kneeing um for Tucker kind of adjustment worked for a little bit there, but like right. I just, like you said, like, you need that kind of random game, I feel like. Like, Daniel House was obviously awesome last game in game five, but that he, you know, he only played seven and a half minutes, and you're kind of like, okay, he doesn't have as much juice as you expect. So I think it's like you just need, like, a better knife from, like, Tobias or someone. Um, I do want to – He's tongue. Out, I realize how bad he was. Yeah. One of seven. One for, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Tobias is one of those guys. Like, he's obviously going to, like, add a little bit, but I feel like he's just been kind of – he's felt a little bit more invisible this series than I expected. Um in that regard so but i you know like you you know i just want to say like maxi has been way more impressive this series to me and i hear he's a great guy from a few sixers writers so i like that but yeah i thought this was kind of a matchup like nightmare for him just like because obviously he's a very quick guy but like you know against the celtics earlier this season like he struggled against some of these beefier guards but he's been able to use that speed while you know he had that wide open dunk i think like midway through the third quarter when i was like oh okay Celtics might be in trouble here so um, it obviously worked out, but like you said, I don't know what adjustments you make if you're the Sixers. Um, and to be fair, Doc, I think hasn't been doing like a terrible, terrible job this series. Uh, 
but we'll see uh we'll see if he has any last picks up his sleeve and i think that's like a luxury for the celtics right like remember last season we were talking during the finals i remember and we were like what adjustment does Eme make here? And I think it was something like play paid and Pritchard a little bit more. I and mean, he kind of ended up doing that in like game, I want to say like six or something. Um, you know, that's a luxury for the Celtics. Like, you know, you're only going seven deep, but when you can put out, when you can put out a guy like Rob and he can make that kind of impact, like once again, it comes back to the fact that this is a very talented roster. It's a very deep roster. And uh, when you can have those options, right? Like we always say, it's all about matchups. Like maybe Rob isn't, you know, Maybe you can throw Rob out there and he can contribute. So it's just one of those things where you're like, okay, you feel good going into game seven, but as we talked about B Rob, like you never know. This you never know with this team, I feel Dude. like, right? We 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 said the same thing in game five. Can't really anything out of this group. It'll be it will be interesting, like when you go back to game seven at home now, the seven man rotation work tonight makes complete sense. Mm-hmm. That those are your clearly your seven best players and you're going against in a hostile environment with the shift in your starting five. So you're, they rolled with that. But I do wonder on the friendlier home floor, if like if, if Joe does go deeper into his bench because mm-hmm. for that game for an energy left, I mean, that's, that's going to be a totally feel thing for him, but mm-hmm. for, uh, you know, he's taken his lumps in this series, um, rightfully so as Mike Marcus Smart put it. Um, but I think, I think he managed this game. Well, I think game six, you know, mm-hmm. the, the offense was a mess. Um, <laughs> for the for the final three quarters, but I don't think that's on him. I think he made the calculated effort to be like, we're going to win this game with defense, and mm-hmm. he played the right cards late to do it. And I think he played the right substitution game in the fourth quarter too to you know not mm-hmm. stick with Rob out there when Yang was out there and just kind of you know let Doc pick his poison there and like the the matchup either way for lineup wise, whether it was Brogdon or or him in there late with the rest of the, that lineup. Mm-hmm. And once again, if Jason Tatum has even like a bad Jason Tatum game, I think uh, I think this wasn't maybe as close as it was in the fourth quarter. So is right, Tatum, I mean, you know, and you have like is Jason Har- is James Harden going to four of sixteen again? You're like, oh, well, actually, it's like a fifty fifty chance he will <laughs> based on all this. Yeah, I mean, you know, two and three, he sucked. In game six, he sucked. You know, um, so, but he's probably going to need forty. He's probably going to need forty in game seven for them to do it. But he could. I mean, again, yeah. he could do it. Embiid can obviously I mean, do it. Uh. Yeah, Rob, obviously you and I are very happy about two days off, Saturday, Friday and Saturday here. So I'm sure uh, the players are also happy to get an extra night's worth of sleep before game seven. So. They really do. All right, well, we'll be back after that one to to react on Sunday night. We don't even know the game time yet. It's either going to be 3.30, 8 o'clock, based on what happens in this Warriors-Lakers game mm-hmm. on Friday night. But um, Suichi and I will be all over it at MassLive.com. Make sure you are following Suichi on Twitter as well at S O U I C H I Tirada. Um and yeah, what's we'll wrap up here. What what's the prediction here? Are we are we going to Miami or New York Suichi or is this uh is this right end? <laughs> I think so. Um I was very wrong about today though. I thought the Celtics were in a blowout. Um just because that's kind of the team they are. Uh I guess nine point game with a uh, Sixers only score eighty six is a little bit uh mid two thousand, so who knows? It's not nine points in the current NBA landscape, so we'll, we'll say I was half correct. But I do think the Celtics will win game seven. I'll be heavily fair to do so. And, um, yeah, well, it should be, it'll be a fun ride either way. But meantime, thanks for listening, and thanks to Suichi for hopping on. And we'll be back again one way or another as we get our first game seven of the Celtics season. Stay tuned. <laughs>